This episode of TFR is brought to you by Pacific Western Bank. Pacific Western is the leading provider of venture debt and banking services to startups, growth stage companies, and their investors. And this episode of TFR is brought to you by Brex. Designed specifically for venture-backed startups, Brex is the perfect corporate card for fast-growing companies. Head to brex.com and sign up with the promo TFR to get waived card fees for life. Welcome to the podcast about investing in startups, where existing investors can learn how to get the best deal possible. And those that have never before invested in startups can learn the keys to success from the venture experts. Your host is Nick Moran, and this is The Full Ratchet. Welcome back to The Full Ratchet. On today's special segment of Investor Stories, the investors address industry trends, sectors, and markets that they think are positioned for outsized returns in the future. This is the segment called What's Next? On today's special segment, we have Morris Wheeler of Drummond Road Capital. Morris, are there any big sector changes, drivers, or thermals that you feel may materialize in the next few years and could significantly change the way that we do things? If so, could you select one and talk about what you see coming and the impact it may have? Boy, there's several. I think one that we're in the middle of is what I would generally refer to as connected devices. I think others may refer to it as the Internet of Things, but but to me, it's the connected device piece that really describes it more. Whether it be a super precision grill that will cook your food for you that you can check from your office and to see that your food is cooking or a a sensor in a factory where I can gather data about how my factory is running and whether my factory is running well. Connected devices are going to change the world as we know it over the coming years and has have already started to do it. And that's an area that I am extremely interested in and, and heavily invested in. Similarly, and related is what I would call the quantifiable self, which is different ways of using connected devices, wearables sometimes, to quantify health and fitness and well-being. And that's another area I have a, a very strong interest in. I think both of those are really important. And last but not least, and I think it's an out of favor investment area, but I think it's going to be coming back. And that is how all of those things that we're talking about are going to change how we look at energy usage and resource usage. I think we've become a world that uses far more inputs, material inputs than we need to. And the dematerialization of our needs is going to be a very big investment paradigm going forward. Any startups that you've made an investment in, in in one of those sectors that you'd like to give a shout out to as uh, something we should keep our eyes out on and uh, and look for great things from? Well, a particularly interesting one, I think, is a, a company that's uh, called Pallet Home. They make a precision cooking device that takes advantage of the fact that Cooking food is not related to time, as most people believe, but rather is related to temperature. And they've created essentially a foreman grill that will perfectly cook to medium rare home at 7.15 at night and show up at 8.15 late and still have it be perfectly cooked exactly the way you like it. 
Better get a good spokesperson for that one, Morris. (laughs) (laughs) We've got a lot of people we've been working with, but believe me, the food blogger community loves that one. Awesome. For today's Investor's Story segment, we have Steve Blank. This special question is called, What's Next? Are there any big changes that you feel may materialize in the next few years and could significantly change the way that we do things? And if so, can you select one and talk about what you see coming in the future? I see this all over the world now. Is you know, Entrepreneurship is everywhere, but risk capital isn't everywhere, at least not on the scale that's here. And I think that's what makes this the leading center of entrepreneurship. You know, it's still easy to kill Silicon Valley. And what will kill Silicon Valley is not the lack of entrepreneurship or maybe even the lack of money. But what will kill Silicon Valley is, in fact, rent seekers and regulation when disruptive innovation now impacts incumbents who are able to, in fact, capture regulators and politicians. It turns out regulation and also corruption is the antithesis of innovation. And for the last part of the 20th century, the U.S. was the only home of this. But if we kill it here, it is possible that it will go elsewhere. And so when I watch regulators talk about, well, we need to protect X and Y, it typically means regulatory capture has happened. And the people, the regulators are supposed to regulate are now actually have captured the regulatory authority. That's what will eventually kill venture scale investment in the United States is when disruption is impossible because regulation just protects the incumbents. Not the calmest waters for uh, the pirates. Well, if you really think about it, most of the 20th century, Silicon Valley wasn't disrupting existing industry, right? The semiconductor business and the PC business really didn't affect incumbents. But now if you look at telecom or the taxi business or the hotel business or the space business or the automotive business, where, in fact, we're doing major disruption, those incumbents own the regulators and own the politicians. Uh, And it's quite possible that they will kill the innovations, not because the innovations are technically incorrect or not because they aren't cheaper or better for consumers or businesses, but because the incumbents basically have lost their skill to innovate. I'll give you a, a classic example is Hollywood. Hollywood is run by finance and MBAs on their boards. There are no creative people running studios anymore, which is why the biggest impediment to innovation in content distribution is the MPAA. Not that I think they're evil people, but they're run by lawyers who, in fact, opposed every innovation that made Hollywood <laughs> richer. Yeah. They opposed videotape distribution. Oh, it's gonna, the end of the world. They opposed DVDs, the end of the world. They opposed streaming. It's the end of the world. Well, it turns out that each end of the world's added another layer of revenue to an industry (laughs) that fought it tooth or nail. The the problem is, is that those industries themselves no longer have the ability to innovate. And you could always tell an industry that's lost that ability when, in fact, their biggest expenditure is on litigation. I mean, look at how much Hollywood spends on MPAA or how much the auto industry spends on litigation or how much, you know, the space industry hates SpaceX. Um, or how much the, the dealer associations hate Tesla. Uh, it's, not, it's not because Tesla's being innovative. It's because the existing organizations are living off of, in fact, regulation, which, by the way, all regulation typically starts to protect the consumer and then eventually, in fact, mutates to Protecting. protect the incumbents. Yeah, um, right. So those are, you want to just think about, well, we'll kill Silicon Valley and kill 
investors. It's in fact that the big ideas are no longer possible because the incumbents have captured the regulatory authorities. That's the part that investors ought to be worried about. Now, what was your question? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I tell you what, some sort of regulation limits the potential for Uber or Airbnb or some of these other innovative companies. There's going to be a tragic ripple effect through the entire system. Well, if you really think about it, in the 20th century, there was nowhere else for innovation to go. But in the 21st century, you know, innovation can go anywhere. And in fact, the Chinese are getting pretty smart about this. Don't want to do it in the U.S.? Happy to have you there. Now, that's a sad outcome for politicians who are just happy to take campaign contributions from incumbents. By the way, it's also a dumb outcome for the venture capital community who've yet to organize to realize that what we have is a deep pockets democracy and that unless you're paying, you're not going to play. And, you know, what I suggest to all startups that have a regulatory component is the first thing you need to do is hire a lobbyist. And while that seems to be the antithesis of Silicon Valley culture, it's the reality of our regulatory environment today. Unless you understand the game you're playing, you're going to get crushed by people who are essentially rent seekers who, again, who can no longer innovate and don't contribute, but basically have a tax on that industry. And again, I think Tesla and SpaceX are two examples of somebody taking on incumbents who basically own the regulators and in the military launch case, the, the customer. It's a revolving door for military launch satellites. Yeah, I think the unfortunate reality is creating value and filling a need is not all that's required, especially in a lot of these more regulated, uh, more lobbying-centric industries and verticals. Right. This episode of TFR is brought to you by Brex. Your startup is going to change the world, and the right corporate card will get you there even faster. The Brex corporate card for startups offers 10 to 20 times higher limits than traditional corporate cards, automated expense tools, and huge rewards like four times points back on travel, three times back on restaurants, and two times back on recurring SaaS spend. And all with no personal guarantee. Sign up at brex.com and get waived card fees for life with the code TFR. And this episode of TFR is brought to you by Assure. For over three years, Newstack has been raising capital on a deal-by-deal basis, allowing individual investors to select each startup investment. Assure is the company behind the scenes that powers this process. When we have 10, 20, or 30 angels investing in a startup, we can't put all those folks directly on the startup's cap table. So those investors are rolled into a special purpose vehicle that occupies just one line item on the cap table. And Assure handles all ongoing fees, finances, and K-1s for us. We pay a one-time upfront fee and avoid all the required yearly admin filings and bills. If you run an angel group or you would like your LPs to invest in deal-by-deal sidecars, go to assure.co slash TFR for 20% off your first SPV. And this episode of TFR is brought to you by Pacific Western Bank. Pacific Western specializes in providing financial services to startups, growth stage companies, and their investors, helping to navigate financial obstacles by providing access to funds and expertise. Pacific Western's customized products and team of venture banking specialists provides a banking experience designed specifically with startups and VCs in mind. If you run a tech company or if you invest in tech companies, it's strongly advisable that you build a relationship with the folks at Pacific Western. Go to pacwest.com to learn more. On our special segment series today, we have Joanne Wilson. Joanne, are there any big sector changes and or thermals that you feel may materialize in the next few years? And if so, can you select one and talk about what you see coming in the future? 
you know, I mean, I'm not interested in anything in the in the um, you know the Bitcoin world or the, the banking world, but I actually do think that when you look at stuff like Venmo or Bitcoin, I don't think there'll be any reason to have a treasury in the next 10 years except to be on top of the valuations of our currency. I don't know why we'd be printing cash. It makes no sense to me why we need cash. And I believe in Nigeria, they're, they're like, there's no cash. It's all change hands through technology. Wow. Um, yeah. It's, it's an, I think it's Nigeria. Anyway, so I do think that that's where we're going in that business. I think the other major change that we're going to see is we're going to see a lot more changes in the food industry. We're going to see more localized engagement. We're going to see a brand new crop of McDonald's that are McDonald's. We're going to see more people invested in what they're eating and it's going to become through technology cheaper to feed the world than using antibiotics in our food. So I think we're moving that way and we've yet to see that. And in general, there's not a business that won't be changed by technology, wearables, fabrics, you name it. I mean, it's all changing. Transportation. Yeah, you've written about transportation. I've seen that quite a few times. Yeah, I mean, um, I, I gas. I mean, are we really going to need to be, you know, finally, um, Tesla, the electric car? I mean, it's freaking genius. They could have done it 15, 20 years ago, 30 years, 40 years ago. And the lobbyists, of course, made sure we didn't have railways or inner city transportation or having electric cars. Took Elon Musk to basically say, I'm going to do this. And now every manufacturer car is on the bandwagon and you can actually fill your car up with electricity in a variety of different locations in urban areas. And that is going to be transformational because we're not going to have to rely on the Middle East. Yeah, I've heard on your daily commute, you are the driver and your husband is the passenger. How did you end up with that raw deal? Um, because he's a terrible driver. <laughs> <laughs> That's basically it. But I do think that, you know, I know that um, they're working on batteries now that are going to be able to take solar power you put on top of your homes or your apartment buildings and being able to suck in all that energy. I do think that, and I've always been a big believer in this country, it is the private sector that is going to change the way that we run our lives, that it will not be the government. And that when things go bad, it is the people in this country, because we are a capitalist society, that will say, damn, we do not like the fact that the environment is going to shit. We're going to fix that thing. And it will get fixed because that's what Americans do. I'm thankful every day that I get to participate in this industry, even if it's just a, a tiny sliver of the, uh, the next generation of technology. Uh, yeah, it's a pleasure. Yeah. That will wrap up this installment of Investor Stories. Head over to thefullratchet.net to leave a comment, sign up for the newsletter, or find resources discussed on any of the episodes. Until next time, remember to over-prepare, choose carefully, and invest confidently. Thanks for listening. <laughs>